Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I am really excited today to be here with not just one, but two wonderful ladies. Um, We're going to be talking with Robin Jones Gunn, who's the author of more than 100 books with nearly 6 million copies sold. Um, She's a frequent speaker at local and international events. And um, we're also here with Trisha Goyer. She is a longtime friend of the podcast. Um, We go way back with all the way back to using um, prayers that changed the world when Alana and I had a different podcast called the Prevailing Prayer Podcast. So uh, she's the USA Today bestselling and award-winning author of more than 80 books and including Teen Mom and Prayers That Changed History, which is what we are, is Prayers That Changed History. I think I said Prayers That Changed the World. But um, yeah, we are so excited to have you ladies here to talk about your most recent book that just released called Before You Meet Your Future Husband, 30 Questions to Ask Yourself and 30 Heartfelt Prayers. So ladies, thank you for being here with us today on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. We love being here. Yeah. Well, before we get into your book, which I'm really excited to talk about, we like to eat. We like to ask each of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. And that's totally loose. It's not like a formal anything. It could be off the wall. It could be, you know, your typical prayer area. But where do you go to pray and to feel close to God? Well, mine is right here in my little office, my little nest on my couch. But I have to say that for many, many years, I had a chair. I called it my snuggle chair. I bought it when our kids were young and that was where I would go. And when I, when they were little and I was praying, there was a little side table and on the floor, I kept my basket with my Bible and notebook and journal and, and, but on the little side table was a candle. And if the kids came downstairs and they would see me sitting there and the candle was lit, they knew they better not interrupt mom right now because she's talking to Jesus and probably about them. <laughs> so they should just let me have my quiet time and then I'll answer all their questions. So I've for years just really valued having that. That's my go-to place. I love that. I think it's so important. Sometimes we're afraid to let our kids see us, not even afraid to let them see us praying, but afraid that we should be doing something else and almost apologetic for taking that time to pray and to set that boundary is is just really important because I'm sure that's something that they've taken with them for the rest of their lives, that that's something kind of seared in their minds as well. Mom, mom spent time with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. How about you, yeah. Trisha? Yeah. I mean, I know when I first wake up laying there, unless I'm trying to get, you know, wake up and think of my day, that's when I first start praying and, and 
because all the things I have to do that day rush in. We have oh, a busy yeah. house, a lot of people there. And so yeah, you only have start. 10 or so kids, right? We have, we have 10 kids. We only have four at home, but my mom lives with us and my grandma lives with us right now. So there's yeah. always a Full lot. House. So immediately and then you know in the shower and praying and then I do have my quiet time on the couch that has you know, have my bible and my journal um and then also another habit that I've built is when I'm folding laundry which with this many people there's a lot of laundry and I'll remember when I'm pulling clothes out to pray for the people um to you know think about their needs and what's going on in their lives and so it's almost like a little bit here and a little bit there as I continue throughout the day just to continue to turn my mind back to God because it gets so easy to get worried about this person or reminded I need to do this and I need to you know this person how are they going to handle whatever situation they're going through and I just have to continually take those worried thoughts and direct Mm -hmm. them back to God throughout the day. I love the laundry example I've done this too where I if you would ask me what if, if I could get rid of any chore around the house, it would be folding laundry because it's constant. It's never ending. Mm -hmm. I can clean clothes like nobody's business, but they end up on in clean piles all over the house. (laughs) And like every, I'm the only one that knows what's in what piles. So I, it's kind of, I, I joke around that it's the bane of my existence is this folding laundry. But then when you flip that script and you're like, you know what? Folding laundry is an opportunity to put my hands on these clothes that go on the people that I love and, and to just stop. I mean, it's kind of a built in turn off the podcast, turn off the music, whatever it is. And just maybe just take some quiet time, like literally quiet time to fold the laundry and remember those people and pray for them that it's such a built in necessity to have that done. So I, I love that. I it's inspiring me now to get back to doing that more. I'm also super picky. I only like folding warm clothes. So I fold them out of the dryer. And if they've been sitting there, I will turn the dryer back on for a while. I don't know when they smell good and they are warm. I'm like happy and I put my praise music on and I fold clothes. And so I don't like piles because I want them warm and I want them smelling good. And then I will, then I will fold them. So maybe it's that pickiness in me that really works. I love it. I love it. Well, it works. Whatever it is, it works. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, I would love to hear from each of you. What inspired you to write this book before you meet your future husband? Well, we probably should start the story kind of back to the beginning where Trisha and I met at a writer's conference. Mm -hmm. She was pregnant with her third, Mm -hmm. who's now 23. He's 28, Robin. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he's going to be 29 next month well we met a long time ago and (laughs) Trisha just had a keen desire to write and to use her words to further the kingdom of God and that just I have a passion to do that as well but also to see other writers be mentored to do that and so we just started this really sweet relationship and fast forward about I don't know 10 or 15 I don't have a an estimate on time, apparently, but yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, <laughs> a while, we 15 at a, years at least. Yeah. Probably 15 years. We were at a gathering for a lot of writers that had an event for the weekend that was hosted by our agent. And we had a free time in the afternoon. We went out and laid by the pool and just it was sunny. Trisha fell asleep and I was writing in my journal. And all of a sudden Trisha opened her eyes and looked at me and said, we should write a book. And I said, okay, what book? 
She said, I have no idea. And she went back to sleep. So I just wrote in my journal. Okay, maybe we should write a book. And then these other amazing God things unfolded so that we wrote a book probably 15 years ago <laughs> titled Praying for Your Future Husband. We had both had different experiences, but we both prayed for our future husbands, but kind of polar opposites on how we got to that finish line. And so by writing that book together, we got all this feedback and we would do group studies with young women. And we kept hearing these fantiful, what would you say, Trisha? These, these unrealistic uh, fantasies of what they needed or wanted or all those things. Yeah. And we kept saying to each other, we really needed a prequel. We need a companion book that we would call before you meet your future husband so that you're preparing your own heart and being in the right mindset because everything else in culture is coming at the young women in our circles that is directing them in ways that we don't see resulting in really good results. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you tell us, just go, go into that in a little bit more detail. Um, What are some of the messages that are coming across that you're hearing that are negative, not negative, but that are unrealistic or things that are, you know, kind of getting, getting shoved down our throats that are, that are giving us a false sense of, of what it means of who we should be looking for in a husband. Well, there's, there's two different things. Uh, First of all, I'm a mother of seven daughters and only one of those seven daughters is married. So these are daily conversations around our house. And so their unrealistic expectations are, it's going to be this love at first sight. There's going to be the violin music playing. I mean, not really. They know there's not going to be violins, but they're going to know this person with instant connection. And all those emotions are going to mean he's the one. Well, as we know, as young women, um, if a guy looks at you, there's emotions there. And that does not mean he's the right one. And, you know, there's things like one of my daughters said, you know, if my husband doesn't cry when I am walking down the aisle, then I'm going to turn and walk out. So, you know, they see these videos and these proposals and these wedding videos of the man crying. And it's just so unrealistic. So there's that side of it with my daughters. But the young women that I've married, I've worked with teen moms for 20 years. The very first teen mom group, they have 20 year olds now, which is just so crazy but they are on the opposite where I'm never going to get married Mm. Uh, there's no guy out there that's going to be good and they don't know people that are married but all their aunts and and moms have uh, multiple kids by multiple uh, boyfriends and there's no stability so there's that side of it and Robin was talking about we've done this with groups so when we do praying for your future husband, the first thing is like, I don't want a husband. So how can you even lead them in a group? And I would say, well, what if it was something like this? And, you know, what would you want in a future husband? And they'd say, um, not in jail. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to raise our standards more than not in jail, but I will write this down. So they'd be like, not in jail, doesn't do drugs. Um, then, then has a job. I'm like, okay, we we could, we could raise them even more guys. And they'd say, it's kind to his mom. I'm like, okay, we're getting there. So then we'd start listing faithful and caring and truthful. And they were just looking at me like I was crazy that there is no guys out there with these characteristics. And I said, what if there was a guy that cared for you, that was honest, that 
loved God that had a job that would treat you well. Um, and they're like, where is he? Like, I want to know. And so I'd say, would you want a husband like that? And they're like, all of them are like, yes, yes. And then I would say, who do you need to be? to find that type of guy and they're like miss trisha you totally tricked us that's not fair because <laughs> of course i'm raising their standards and they're seeing this being raised and then i'm saying now who do you need to be and they realize like oh when young woman's like oh we need to be all that we need to be that too and i said yes so i think so many times as we think about these unrealistic expectations we see either it's the, the videos or the reels or the music and it's all this fluffy butterfly or whatever or it or they think it's just not possible um mm -hmm. but when we say it is possible but if you want to attract that type of young man um for your future husband who are you going to be so this is what robin's talking about when we said we have to take a step back because we're praying for this person but the prayers aren't going to do any well they are going to do good i won't say that but as we are praying, we also need to be preparing ourselves yeah. to be the type of person that is going to attract that type of guy. Well, isn't that funny how God's God's sneaky, you know, with prayer, yeah. anytime yeah. you pray, it just seems like whether it's, you know, praying for your enemies and, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to pray for my enemies. I'm going to do this. But that prayer is often a mirror, you know, it reflects mm -hmm. back so much, or it ends up transforming our hearts. Or if you are married and you're praying for your husband, you end up praying for your spouse. And, and again, it's like a mirror. It reflects back. It's like, oh, well, I guess I need that for me too. I mean, I, I just think it's mm -hmm. the same idea of, um, you know, in, in praying for that future husband, for the things that you want, you need to kind of, it, it's praying for God to cultivate those same qualities in you, but you're so right that we need to be biblical. We need to be realistic because social media, I mean, it, it was bad enough with Disney movies and, and the happily ever after, you know, where we just see the honeymoon phase. We don't ever see the hard stuff. Yeah. So could, could you both share your stories of kind of what you shared in the beginning of the book about where you were as young women looking for husbands. Yeah. Well, we shared this in uh, praying for your future husband sort of throughout. And this is what we heard back from readers on probably the most that it didn't matter at what their experiences were, what level they were coming to the possibility of marriage, but that God can redeem anything mm -hmm. and that he wants to heal us and draw us closer to him and his love just covers us. So my journey was that I went, I grew up going to church. My parents were believers and I had a couple of boyfriends along the way. But when I went to a Christian college, I got engaged and I was so sure he was the one I was in love with him. We, you know, we liked the same music and we, every Saturday we'd go play racquetball with some of his friends. We just had this, like, this is, this must be love because we're blending our lives together. Now, before that I had seriously wanted to serve the Lord full time as a missionary. He didn't, but I thought, well, that was just part of my high school enthusiasm for the Lord. 
and he's going to go in the business world. So after he had graduated from this Christian college and we got engaged and I was so sure that this was it, he broke our engagement and told me that he didn't love me. He never really did love me. I had the wedding dress hanging in the closet and the invitations were on order at the printers. And that I was so confused. Like I, I thought that was it. I thought that was love. And it was several years later that I met the man that I've now been married to for over four decades. And it was a completely different relationship because we both were at that point in our lives so wholeheartedly wanting to serve the Lord. And then we just sort of got closer, the more, you know, that example of getting closer to the Lord, you get closer to finding the other one that's on that same path. And that we have such different personalities and gifts, but they blend so well together. And both of us with our heart's desire to be in full-time ministry somehow, that's what God has fulfilled, which has been wonderful. <laughs> but it was coming through that first relationship. For me, it was sort of to see, this is what you think love is, but it's it's not enough for that foundation. The foundation must be Christ. And you must be on your own journey, growing closer and closer to the Lord and pointed toward him. And then here comes someone that's in tandem. And that partnership is, is so much, it's, it's, that's marriage to me. That's, that's the richness of a relationship that through all the really difficult times endures because it's, it's got that firm foundation. Yeah. Well, Robin, you talk about kind of having this, you know, you felt the calling and the desire to go into ministry and you were willing at, at that point to compromise that for what mm-hmm. you thought was love at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Trisha, going back to what you said, you said that some of these unrealistic expectations involve, he's going to cry when he sees me, or I'm going to walk out, you know, how do how do, how do young women know what on their list they can compromise and what they can't compromise? So my story is that um, I grew up, I would, you know, it's hard to say it was a Christian home because my mom became a Christian when I was in elementary school. And so she was a new Christian and my stepdad was not a Christian, but we were at church. So I would say we were at church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night with my mom, but the home really was not uh, a Christian home. There wasn't, you know, leading by example and reading our Bible and, you know, the the TV shows that were on in our home were on on everybody's home that wasn't a Christian. So it was not really a Christian environment. And by the time I got in high school, I was definitely more interested in guys than I was following God. I stopped going to church uh, because there's all these great, cute high schoolers, (laughs) guys out there. And I was a cheerleader, you know, just, it was just, uh, I was looking at the wrong places for love. And I became pregnant twice in high school. I became pregnant both by the same boyfriend, who's my high school boyfriend, uh, once when I was 15 and chose abortion, which is something I really regret. And I found a lot of healing and forgiveness from. Um, I'm thankful for that, that God has just brought me through that. And then when I was 17, I was pregnant again. And this time I I was not going to have an abortion. I chose to have my baby and my boyfriend broke up with me. And I just remember I dropped out. I was in my senior year. I dropped out of high school. 
I was uh, depressed. I would sleep until noon, watch soap operas. There's just a couple of credits I had to finish um, because I'd been an honor student. So I hadn't needed to finish a lot of credits, but I just remember waking up one day, I was about six months pregnant and like, God, I have messed up my life. Um, if you can do anything, please do. Cause I just knew here I am, you know, 17 pregnant, laying in bed all day. Didn't know what I was going to do with my future. My boyfriend wasn't around. My friends didn't even call to check on me or the people I thought were my friends. And that would just, God brought such light and hope. And I started reading my Bible and I started praying and it was like overnight, completely dedicated to God, still carrying a lot of burdens from the past and pain from the past. But I started praying for my future husband. I started praying for someone. These are my three things. Someone who would love God, love me and love my son. So it wasn't like, oh, I want him to be a musician or this tall or this. It was like, love God, love me and love my son. And John and I have been married almost 33 years now. And so God brought him right away. Um, we started dating when uh, Corey was two weeks old. He was the pastor's son and his mom and my mom were like trying to get us together, which was, it was just like, looking back now, it was truly a miracle and just shows you that my, my mother-in-law, who was the pastor's wife, saw the change in me in those mm -hmm. months of pregnancy that she would say, no, you should really ask her out on a date. I mean, it truly was God at work. But when it comes to the, you know, what standards should we have or what should we say was a compromise? I mean, obviously the people that I were dating were not Christians. Um, my boyfriend through high school, his family was Buddhist. I mean, so we're, we're talking completely not even interested in anything with God. But I think one of the things we talk about in the book in the hand section is you need to be doing the things that you feel God calling you to do. And if you are set in a direction, like for Robin, it was ministry. So that person who it seemed like on paper, this should math out that this is the person we like the same things. So, you know, we're, you know, we're compatible, but if you feel a call is on your life, you should not be walking in that direction. Now I hadn't even got to the place where I even thought about a call in my life. I was just looking like, Oh, he's a really cute quarterback. Uh, I'm going to date him type of thing. But I think w what we encourage is when young women start seeking God and seeking God's will for their lives and looking at the gifts and the talents and the desires that God has placed on them and that he has a purpose for them. That is an important thing because it's going to impact your whole future. And if you feel God is definitely calling you in one direction and then the person that you start dating is not interested in that direction. I think that is a big red flag that that probably is not the person that God has for you. Well, yeah, it sounds like before you even make your list, you have to figure out who you are and exactly, you know, that you have to figure out who, who you are and not that you need to, I mean, like, like you said, you don't have to necessarily know if there's a calling on your life or not, but at least know who are you if god is the center of your life what are the what are the things that that need to line up for that person um but what a great story of redemption and just i don't know just god's goodness for you to get to that place of you know just kind of the full turnaround so yeah we could do a whole other whole other conversation on that part of your life, Trisha, which, yeah, we need to probably have you back. Um, you touched on the hands part of the book. So this book is in three different sections. So it talks about three different areas 
that young women can be, let's see, how would you put it? Uh, focusing on maybe focusing thank you on. focusing yeah. on so what are those three sections and can each of you kind of go through what was your favorite section to write and why the heart the head and the hands okay and the my favorite section I think would be the heart because that's where it all that's the wellspring of life so for every young woman that we feel like we're talking with is they're reading the book. That's how Trisha and I felt when we were writing it. It's as if we were having a conversation with the reader and to be saying, what's going on in your heart? You can't hide it. Maybe you think you can, but God sees, he knows everything. So to get their heart uncluttered, to get rid of unforgiveness, to deal with wrong um, beliefs that they've just let take root. And then the, the head is what's what are you thinking what lies have you held on to and then as Trisha said the hand okay what are you supposed to be about right now mm-hmm. what was your favorite Trisha yeah I think I mean the heart is of course where the root of everything is but the mind I think was huge in my life and I think it's huge for especially young women who maybe not are not from a Christian home are not used to turning their thoughts to Christ are not used to letting God direct their thoughts. And that was me. Like I said, like we went to church on Sundays and even then, like even growing up, I knew like, I like there's one thing happening on Sundays and the rest of the week, this is completely different, you know, Mm -hmm. by music or interactions with my parents, with their friends. It just, it, it was not, matching up because my mom was a very new believer when looking back now I just have so much more grace for that you know realizing like this was all completely new to her too um but going to high school and it's like okay all the girls are dating people and who's gonna like me and then this is the relationship with the guy and what does he think of me and what does he say um what is the world I mean everyone everyone I knew was sexually active it's like all the messages that were in my head were worldly and so I didn't I mean that that little sermon on Sunday like barely pinpricked all the other messages that were coming and it took me for a while even after John came into my life and I became a Christian. It's like, oh, what does it mean to lift our thoughts to God? I remember as a young new mom and wife thinking, I didn't even think about God all day long. So how do I change my habits and change my thoughts? So I will start thinking about God. So while I love the heart, I think like me, there's going to be young women out there where this is a completely new concept. Like, what do you mean? I need to talk to God about these things or pray about these things or ask these questions of my life because there's so many messages. And even now more so I couldn't imagine where this was back in, you know, that I had my, I got married in 1990, had my son in 1989. We didn't have social media. We had MTV, but we, it wasn't that constant bombardment that we have now. So even more so, how do we stop directing our thoughts from all these other messages and say, what does God's word say? What is truth? What do I need to think about? What do I need to ponder? How do I stop those thoughts, other thoughts from coming into my mind? So the head is really, really, I think is important because it's what we allow in. Yeah. And like you said, there is so much input out there. And if Mm -hmm. we're passive, it's, it's, it's all, Uh, most of it will probably not be the right kind of thing. And so it is something you've got to be like a sentinel of your, of, of your minds and your, and that is something that's 
I don't know, I sometimes feel ill-equipped as someone from a different generation than my kids to even instruct in that way, like how I don't even know what they're getting and from where. I mean, I do know. And, you know, at this point, my kids are not on social media other than watching YouTube and stuff, but, you know, like for crafts and things. But even in those videos, just the some of the messages that they're getting from some of the people, um, you know, it's it's really hard. And when they're outside of our grasp, it's like we really need to be teaching our kids how to know what to let in mm-hmm. because we can't be there to restrict all of it all the time, especially as they get older. So that's tough. And for young women, I know that's who this book is geared toward, um, for them to understand even, especially if they're new Christians or if they're not Christians and they're seeking and they want to make God a bigger part of their lives and they're not, no, not sure how that's tough. That's really hard. What would you say is a first step in that direction of this is why we added with each entry a question to ask yourself and a prayer because we saw that you have to be honest it's not just taking in the input and you know there that was interesting i read this little devotional thought and but it's now based on what you just read now ask yourself and answer honestly what are you thinking what are, what gateway did you open to allow messages to come in to your thoughts or what is it that you're holding on to in your heart or holding a grudge or, you know, so that when you're honest and you ask that question, then there's with each section, then a prayer, like this is to get you back in alignment with what God wants for you. He made you, he loves you. He knows everything about you. He knows what's best for you. He, he knows what you need. So when you shift and come to him fully and say, I trust you, I want what you want. That's this process of changing your, your mind, as Trisha was saying, to what everything else is just roaring around in there. But it's also this place of surrender and humility of that, that happens when we pray, as, as you well know, Jamie. And so that's why we want to lead young women for that to be the ongoing motion of their life, rather than just input, input, input from everybody else and every possible source. But it's God's word that lives and abides forever. That's true. So how can you get God's word and his truth to just settle in you and grow deep roots and then produce this peace and this happiness, joy and understanding that's his alone, then then you know that he's that he's leading you and your life's completely different. So how do we get those girls to that point? It's, it's, as you said, Jamie, harder and harder, but that's why we felt so strong about this book. Let's start here before you even meet your future husband, before you Mm -hmm. even start the list, as you were saying, you know, these things, we deal with all that and praying for your future husband, but where are you and, and how are you going to get established deeply in, in relationship with the one who made you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I um, love Robin, how you, you brought up that so many of the devotions have, Oh, that was a happy thought for the day. And then, you know, you just go on with your life. And mm-hmm. like one of the, one of the question is what are three things you confess can confess today to God? It's like, Oh, are there three Ooh, things? That's so good. What were the three things 
what would they be? Um, you know, and so then you start thinking about it where it's not just, this is a happy thought for the day, but let me really think about this. And I can see this as a, definitely a book where you, you go back, you know, they could read it through one more time. They could start right back from the beginning and yeah. go through it again. And these are truly questions as Robin and I are going through this. These are questions I ask. I know she asked, um, you know, Lord, what do I need to confess? Or how do I need to turn my thoughts to you? Or is there anything that I'm giving attention to that I shouldn't give attention to? So while our target is young women, the types of questions that we are asking are good for any woman mm -hmm. and the type of prayers is just, this is a starter prayer. Like this is just to get you guys going. It's not like read, you know, pray these three sentences and you're set for the day. But really this is the start of your conversation that you have with God. And we don't want the prayer to end with just the words on the page. We want it to continue. We want this to be a habit. And that's really what we hope for young women is that they will pause to listen, pause to think about things continue the conversation with God. Um, so we really see this more as just opening them and like taking them by the hand and leading them to these really, really good habits that they can have through life. So while the topic of the future husband um, kind of gets their attention, the habits hopefully that they'll get from this book will impact every single decision, not just about marriage, but every single decision that they have throughout their lives. That's good. I just, I love that. And I love Robin, you, you mentioned the word surrender and that just like, ah, oh, I just, when, when you said that, I thought, yes, that, that is such a powerful first step of where anytime you don't know what to do just to surrender and just be like, God, I don't know. I remember a time in college when I knew things weren't going the right direction, but I didn't know if I even wanted them to go in it. I knew that in my head, I wanted to, to do what God wanted me to do. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to live my life for God. I wanted Christ to be the Lord of my life, but I didn't want to give up certain things that were going on that were not in alignment with that. And I didn't know how to let those things go. And I had a very wise hallmate that knew that I was struggling and just very non-judgmentally was like, you know, what's going on? And, and she encouraged me. She said, just tell God, tell God that you know what you should do, that you don't know if you want to let go and he'll, he'll meet you there and, and just surrender to him. And that was the single most powerful prayer. I think of my life was that yeah. prayer and we can do it over and over again, because, and I have many, many times when I've gotten to places where I feel stuck. Um, so yeah, I love that. And then Trisha confession, that is who, like, we all need more of that in our lives. And for you guys to bring that to the table and to say, just, just that self-reflection, just to have someone come alongside you and say, what do you need to confess today is the more you do that, the more you realize the things that need to be confessed. Like I had a friend that was just like, she was a very new Christian and she went to our pastor's wife and she was like, I don't really sin all that much. Why do I need Jesus? And, <laughs> and the pastor's wife said, okay, just ask God to reveal hidden sin in your life each day, take a little bit of time and, and start a practice of confession. And by the end of the week, she was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't seem bad compared to what the other people are out there are doing, the things we are doing. No, but God's like, okay. But yeah. things that you didn't even recognize as sin. It's like, oh, yes. okay. And then you get in the practice of doing it. And it's like 
it's so refreshing. It sounds scary. It sounds like you're going to be all down in the dumps, but it's freeing. It's so, so freeing. Yeah. Very good. I love it. Um, well, what would you say? I know that there are some women that are going to be there. We have a lot of listeners who are not young women. I think this would be a wonderful episode for the moms, the grandmothers, the godmothers, the aunts to be listening with their young adult women in their life. But um, but some of these women are also single that are not young women. And Trisha, you said earlier, this is kind of for anyone. Um, but does this book apply to them? And and do the same rules apply if you're not a young woman or this isn't your first marriage or this isn't um, or if, if you're single, but you're not that young, young audience that you originally wrote this for? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that amazed us about praying for your future husband is we start getting messages for young women that weren't young, young, I mean, women that weren't young women. I mean, there was, uh, I I remember, I mean, it was soon after um, there was uh, a woman in her 40, early 40s, and she was writing. And probably a year later, she sent me, and I think I forwarded on to Robin, a wedding invitation. And she had gotten married and she was in her early 40s. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends just got married for the first time at 48 years old. We drove from Arkansas to Michigan to go up to her wedding. And so it's, I would say it's not just for young women, but we also say in here, you know, we will pray and we you should pray, um, you know, for you to transform for whatever God has for you. And that may be a husband. Um, and we want that to be clear. Like this isn't a magic elixir that if you pray all these prayers that the right guy at the right time, just when you want it will show up. Um, these prayers and the confession and the transformation and turning your mind and heart to God and following in his ways are for your relationship with him. And it will prepare you if God has a husband in mind for you, for your future. So really, um, you know, it's not about do these three things and you will get a husband. We do not want that guide at all. It's prepare yourself for who God has you to be. And perhaps a husband might be part of the journey. And it might be when you're, you know, early twenties, thirties, or like my friend, almost 50, her very first marriage. Um, so we don't know, we don't know God's plans for all our readers, but the transformation can happen, whatever God's plan is, because it's all directing our thoughts and our heart and our, our hands and our habits to him. Yeah. Yeah. True. I... <laughs> Robin's like, yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, what is for each of you, what, what's one takeaway that you would hope that each woman that comes away from this book takes away with her, if nothing else? Hmm. I'm sure there will be many. <laughs> With every single book I write, I always write out a prayer of dedication before I write the book and just commit the project to the Lord and just ask him to use that novel or devotion or nonfiction or gift book or whatever I've written to use that to draw the reader closer to his heart. And then over the years, all the letters I've received, it's so interesting how many times that phrase is used by the reader who says, I don't understand it, but I got done with this novel and I just felt closer to God and I, I understand more clearly what he wants of me. And so this book, especially we want, and we even add a little note at the back, dear readers, what we really are praying for, because we did, Trisha and I prayed all through the season when we were writing the book for the readers. 
that they would come to the book with open hearts and that God would use those sections to draw them closer to himself, but then also for them, like you were saying, Jamie, like that mirror, like, okay, now here's the question, what's going on in your heart right now? And that they would have that dialogue, so to speak, that they really are getting more in touch with who it is that God created them to be and when what he wants for their life. So yes, it would be that the reader would be drawn closer to God and have that beautiful open pathway in their relationship with him just be strengthened and that they would move forward in their lives with such confidence in their walk with him amen yeah what i was gonna say it almost flows from that exactly which is um that they don't have to do this alone whatever mm-hmm. they have to face with whatever relationship or personal struggle or conflict in their lives like god is there for them he is a, a helper he wants to he's a you know strong tower he's i mean all all the things that we good shepherd all the things that we see him to be that they will realize that this is not a, a journey because every young woman their journey is going to be different mm-hmm. than their friends than their sisters and their mother or whoever and that god is going to be there when they face temptation when they have yeah. questions when they have concerns robin and i can't sit there by their you know, by themselves and hold their hand and you know cry with them and pray with them i mean we would love to we love young women but god is there and god will help them and strengthen them and make them strong against temptation and whatever they have to face that he will be there with them yes amen to both of those that's wonderful well um where can our listeners find you online find your books um and connect with you both. Yeah, we made, we made it, it really easy. <laughs> and we have a website, it's just preparing for your future husband.com. And so preparing for your future husband.com has information both about pre- uh, praying for your future husband and before you meet your future husband. Um, we have specials that we're going to be having some buy one, get one specials and anything that we have for the book we will have on that page that readers can go and get connected with that great and then, and then from- individually it's very easy too because it's just trishagoyer.com and robingun.com so you're welcome to sign up for our newsletters and we can keep in contact with you that yes. way perfect do you like social media do either what's what are your social medias of choice Mine would be Instagram and Facebook. And that's mine too. And, yep. And uh, Robin Gunn on Instagram, Robin Jones Gunn on Facebook. Yeah. We're pretty easy to find. We're pretty easy to find. And we love getting messages. Like we said, we got a letter from this young woman or that one, you, you know, through Instagram messages or notes on our page. I mean, we love to hear these stories. We share them with each other when we get these stories. Um, we'll, you know, we, I know we get prayer requests on our pages. I mean, this these are truly avenues of ministry for us as we connect with our readers out right that's what i was going to say it prompts us both to pray and that's the most important thing i mean that's why we feel that if we can lead some of these readers whatever age to be praying and seeking the lord then mission accomplished with the book and that's whenever they respond to us that's what we do is we pray and we ask the lord to direct them Mm -hmm. wonderful 
Well, thank you both for taking time to be here. I cannot wait to get this book out to women. Um, I think it's going to just transform lives. So I'm I'm really excited to see this getting out there. Um, how can we pray for each of you? And I'll close us out in prayer. Well, I actually have um, some other things for women that I am working on. One is I have a podcast that I co-host that's called Women Worth Knowing. And we have, we highlight women um, primarily through history, but also contemporary women that God has done extraordinary things in their lives. And so I just need prayer for that. It's become a beautiful, big project. And um, it's, I love it. I love it. And then I also wrote a book for moms that's called um, Before Your Tween Daughter Becomes a Woman. And that comes out the summer of 2023. That has also just opened up all these other conversations and opportunities to be um, coming alongside moms and encouraging them. So it's kind of this, these new avenues of ministry. I just would love prayer for wisdom and direction so that I can continue to minister to, to women and moms, especially. Well, we'll need to have you back. I have a nine-year-old daughter. So that timing, I'm going to need, I'm going to selfishly have you, have you back on the podcast to talk about that one too, Robin. So let us know when, when you'd like to come back on to talk about that as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We will be praying for those things. Trisha, how about you? Yeah. You know, I just mentioned before we have, I have seven daughters and I have, you know, one son, uh, that it's just always, um, just there's all, lots of needs and a lot of people. So I would love prayer for that. In addition to my mom and my grandma here, um, and my mom just lost her husband in January. So just, you know, prayers for her mm. too. And then like Robin, it's always you know, books that I'm writing are always, um, always deadlines. And then I have a, a podcast too that I'm doing with my friend, Michelle, the one that just got married the first time at 48. And it's a daily Bible podcast. It's called daily Bible podcast. And we're reading through the Bible. I love it so much. But, you know, it's like the time, the time it takes to prepare for a daily podcast is a lot. So um, just the the prayer, I think, for always when you think of Trisha Goyer is that God will just direct her path and help her to meet the needs of the people and the needs of, you know, the ministry aspects of it, too. That is so funny that you're doing that. It's not funny. It's awesome because I have just been like the other day I was washing dishes and I was like, Lord. I want to read the, I want to read through the Bible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if I'm going to sit down and read it on paper. I was like, I really want, I was just kind of not like even specifically like bring me one, but he brought me one, uh, something that I can listen to where I can listen yeah. to the Bible. So is that what you do? You yep. read through the Bible so, and yeah. what's the time frame so that you're going to read? Yeah. So it? we're reading through the Bible in a year. Um, so that's what I wanted yep. to do. So we started, <laughs> there you go. we started January 1st and I tell people like, you could jump in. Like we right now are in Joshua. Um, the ones that are airing mm-hmm. now are in Joshua, but you could go back to our January 1st one and start in Genesis. Like you don't have to, you know, yeah. join us exactly where we are at this moment, but we're reading through the chronological Bible, which is awesome because it's following oh, actually the, it. the flow of how everything goes. Um, and then, so we have you read on your own. We use the version Bible app, um, which is just, you look for the chronological one-year Bible and we're following their plan that they already have, or you'd buy the one-year Bible 
Bibles um, that Tyndale does. And so you read along, it's usually like three or four chapters a day. And then Michelle and I get on there and it's less, they're all of them are less than 20 minutes. And we share about, this is what I saw. Um, and she says, this is what she saw. And then we have a personal application, like how can we apply this to our lives? And it's been awesome. We have 18 year olds listening to us. We have retired women and men listening to us. Um, we have a private Facebook group called the just the daily Bible podcast community that's on Facebook. I think it's almost 900 in there now. And so, and some are saying I just started in, I'm in Genesis and some are have been there with us from the beginning or, and are in Joshua and everyone's encouraging each other and praying for each other. And it's awesome. Like, I love it so much. Um, that we, my friend and I can do this, but it also is reading three to four chapters a day and <laughs> preparing to talk about it and recording and talking about yeah. it. I was picturing you just reading straight through the Bible and just reading it, recording it, maybe alternating, but you're like, you're preparing a podcast yeah. every si- for every single day. Oh my goodness. And I, we are learning That's so much huge. because I've read through the Bible yeah. uh, probably eight or nine times. I'm not sure I've lost track, but to okay what am I going to say about today like in the middle of right. lamentations I'm like or whatever whatever we were in I was just like I have to think about this and I have to prepare for Numbers, Leviticus Leviticus that's what I was Leviticus yeah. it's like oh, oh yeah well like we're talking about mold today like how could this apply to our lives but every day God gives us something and it's really good it's like we that's it's just wonderful. like we feel like God is just right there with us which he is because we're in his word that's great all right ladies thank you once again for being here this has been fantastic can't wait to read the book um well i got to read it but i can't wait for other people (laughs) to get to read it i got to read parts of it um but i can't wait to read the whole thing and just to listen to your podcasts and just yeah all the things you're doing thank you and we'll just close out in prayer now Right, Lord, we just thank you so much for this time today. Thank you for Trisha. Thank you for Robin and just the amazing things that you're accomplishing through each one of them. Thank you for their obedience. And I just look back at their stories and just see your grace, your redemption, your perfect plans just coming coming into place, even through curveballs, even through things that weren't expected. Lord, you just are so faithful. I just pray that each of us would hold on to that right now and today and whatever it is that that we're going through right now, that you would help us to see that um, that there are no mistakes, that you are absolutely sovereign, that when we surrender to you, that you can take everything that we're holding, all of the burdens that are on us, all of the um, confusion about what next steps should happen. And and you can just, um, lay it out before us in ways that we never could have ever asked or imagined for. Um, thank you for that. God, thank you for being a redeemer. Thank you for being, um, just so faithful. Lord, I lift up Robin to you today. I thank you so much for all the things she has going on. I thank you for, um, just the new book that she's been working on. Um, thank you for this podcast that she's been, that she's been doing also, and just all of the things, all of the ministries that you're birthing through her and that you're allowing to come out, um, into the world. And we just pray God for your protection over her mind, over her heart, over her work, over her time, 
order her thoughts, give her the ability to hear your voice above all of the other voices and just know exactly what next steps to take each step of the way, um, what to let go of, what to hold on to tightly and fight for, when to say no, and and just help her to just feel your presence at every moment. Um, I just pray against the enemy's attempts to um, speak lies over her. I pray that she would just silence them immediately, take the take those thoughts captive immediately and make them obedient to Christ, that she would um, just sense your your pleasure and just your approval in, in the things that she's doing and that you would give her energy and vision and passion for the things that are ahead. We lift up Trisha to you, God. We pray for her family, for her children, for her daughters as she um, just in real time works through some of these things that we talked about today with her daughters. Um, we pray for her her children, for her mom and her grandma. Lord, we just pray that you would fill that home with joy. I'm sure it's full of energy. I'm sure it's sometimes filled with chaos, but I pray that there would be joy and love just permeating that home, God, and um, that you would just help her to um, be able to do all of these things that she's doing, even in the midst of all of the needs that are just literally right in front of her all the time in her home. Um, we pray for her mom as she's just lost her husband. We pray for comfort and peace, God, that you would meet her in this time of sorrow, in this time of loss and grief, and and just meet every single one of her needs and help her to draw closer to you than she ever imagined possible, God, that that pain would open doors to her heart that that were not open before and that you would meet her there, God, and minister to her. We pray for all of the deadlines. We pray that they would be met in your perfect timing and that you would just allow Trisha to have tremendous grace with herself, help her to see just how much you're doing through her. Sometimes when you're in the thick of things, it's like, oh, I'm not getting all these things done, but help her to see just, just for a moment from an outsider's perspective, the amazing, incredible things that you're doing through her. Um, and just, we thank you for this daily Bible podcast. I personally thank you for bringing that to my attention when I'm looking to do that myself, but thank you for the work and the time that she and her friend are putting into this podcast. I pray that that would not go un, um, unblessed, that there would be blessing that comes back, blessing upon blessing in their lives that would just be even above and beyond the time and the energy that they're putting into this podcast direct her path, meet the needs of the people around her in ways that she never could have ever imagined possible, God. And that these two women, that you would continue their friendship and partnership and, and just take this book and just reach more people than they ever could have thought possible. Lord, we just pray that lives would be changed, that, um, that, that you would become front and center in the lives of each person that gets their hands on this book and that you would just bless these women in their ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.